mom and dad are fighting and I can't butter this goddamn bread. So I must kill. I'm trying to butter my toast. Hey, Maniacs. Hey, Maniacs. Midsummer Maniacs is a comedy recap podcast dedicated to the ITV series Midsummer Murders. Each week we focus on a new episode to talk about the murders, the mayhem, the loonies, and everything else we love. I'm Sarah. And I'm Mark. See, I did that without screwing it up. Yeah. We'll Off the, the top of my head. We'll put the screw ups at the end of the episode. There you go. We're 25 minutes in already. <laughs> we missed you people. We did. It was fun talking to Lisa. I'm really glad that we did that. Yep. But I missed recording a regular episode, too. I did. So. And, and now we're back with season 16, episode one, The Christmas Hunting. Nelson! Just a spoiler warning off the top again. We're talking about shows, even though they're more than a decade It old. is a recap yep. podcast, which yes. means we recap the entire episode, including the end. And the murderer. So... Correct. Uh, and if you let your kids watch the show or be scared at all at Christmas. I guess. I guess. They can they handle can, it. There's the nothing podcast. serious in this one. Yeah. Though we might get kind of crazy. We may. Yeah. Holy McGillicuddy, Batman. What? We're almost at 100,000 downloads. Actually, by the time this episode drops, I'm predicting we will already be at 100,000 downloads. That's awesome. What episode number is this? This is episode number 96. If we're not counting the mini episodes or yep. the special ones like last week's. Yeah. 96. That's awesome. I am absolutely stunned that we have touched the lives of people 100,000 times. <laughs> We've touched the lives of at least 200 people. <laughs> at least. Well, no. Who've listened to if every episode. If you take all the episodes, <laughs> we are we are over uh, a thousand downloads per episode. Yes, on a regular basis. On a regular basis. Yes, on an average. Somewhere out there, there are a thousand people who and listen. And you're one of them because you're listening to us right That's now. That's right. You you are one of a thousand people in the world who know about this. You should tell it to your friends. You should. Then, then it would be crazy. We'd be at half a million. Absolutely. Well, that's insane. We are. We have almost a hundred thousand views on YouTube too. That's great. Yeah. Anyhow, a couple of things are going to happen because of that that we'll be announcing in the next couple of weeks. Um, but included in that is a new app called Shuffle, which is not. You can listen to podcasts through it, but you can also message about particular episodes. So if you go to the Shuffle app and put in Midsummer Maniacs, it'll list all the episodes, and you can leave comments right there about that particular episode, and the show notes are right there. Is so, it for iOS and for Android? I believe so. That's cool. Yeah. So we're going to keep an eye on that. So By if you no post means, something on there, we'll yeah. post back. By no means do you have to listen to a podcast, see this podcast via shuffle i love stitcher and i love spotify and, and we don't get any money i love the I, amazon i think podcast. shuffle is owned by spotify i think yeah so yeah we we don't get any money from it or anything. I, I just thought it's it a place to have conversations around each episode and and we will respond another place for community we will participate i bought you a present oh yeah yes what a midsummer maniacs coloring book you did <laughs> oh boy this Midsummer Maniacs coloring book. Hmm. Thank you for the present, by the way. 
I do like coloring books. It's I, oh, okay. I found it on Mid on Amazon, and I said that looks weird enough to spend seven dollars. Yes, on. yes. I am one of those people who can't simply just watch TV. I have to do something with my hands. So I'm like knitting or crocheting or coloring or something. Yep. And so, yeah, I've got some coloring books and you got me the Midsummer coloring book. And I have to say, it's a bit sketchy. Oh, a and that's bit not sketchy? A pun, that's not a pun on the fact that it's a coloring book. It's sketchy because it has no name associated with it. So it's not associated to ITV or no. Acorn. Oh, no, no. It has no Bentley official branding or, any, or anything like that. Nothing like and that. And it doesn't even have an author's name on it. No. Like, this is who drew no. these images. No. And almost seems to make an effort to not identify who made it. Yeah. Because it's so clearly a violation of copyright, like left, right, and center. And kind of hard to color because it's mostly like face, face, faces, faces. But, okay, if you're out there, if you listen to this podcast because you like Midsummer enough to have taken the time in Illustrator to trace over some screenshots of the show, you need to watch some more episodes of the show because yeah. the scenes that you chose to illustrate, very few of them it's, make sense. It's I'm just weird. saying. weird. It's just strange. They're not notable scenes that are like no. things that you recall, with the exception of Winter in the, the superhero costume. Yes, like it has Winter in the superhero costume. In the hawk, whatever it is. That, that's the most notable image. Otherwise, it's just kind of wackadoodle. And it has these weird quotes. Like a whole page that's just text with a pattern, but of quotes that I, I can't even tell you what episode they come from. And I think I would know, having spent this much time talking about Midsummer. Yeah, you would think. As mentioned, you know, 500 hours or whatever it is total if you add them all. Oh, I don't want to think about how much. We watch every episode at least twice, sometimes more. Yes. For each podcast. Yes. Which means... <laughs> And we'd seen them all prior to even starting the podcast. <laughs> We've watched so thousands of hours of Midsummer. <laughs> so I'm not saying that you should go out and buy any of these coloring books, but um, yeah, they're interesting. Maybe look at the image preview on Amazon just to check them out because it's kind of laughable. Uh, speaking of new episodes, mm -hmm. be on the lookout. September, October, and December, that sort of time frame we're hoping to get the last four series 22 episodes here yeah but those and we will do mini spoiler free teaser episodes watch like a maniac episodes of those when they air here and maybe maybe extra things yeah we'll see we have i have some plans yes but so. in the meantime those are going to air in australia first they've already aired some of them have already like kevin watley from inspector lewis is yeah. in one of them and i saw a screenshot i was like shouting at my computer spoiler <laughs> <laughs> that's season 22 episodes three through six so if you happen to be one of our australian listeners don't ruin it for everybody, okay? Just, just but don't. we're really jealous that you get them first. I don't know why they get them first. Yeah, just just pay attention to that is something that you shouldn't spoil. No. This episode, Christmas Haunting, is ten years old. I, we can I spoil. think it's safe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Filmed in July and June 2013, which is appropriate because it's a Halloween Christmas episode. Of course, let's film it in the summer. <laughs> they film when they have to. 
broadca- corset dressers have to pretend that it's cold outside. Broadcast on Christmas Eve. I am pissed that we don't get Christmas Eve midsummer. Oh, wouldn't it be fun to see it for the first time on Christmas Eve? Would that would be, be so fun. December 24th, 2013. 4.92 million viewers. They don't really get a lot of viewers for those but it's a kind of tradition. So, uh, directed by Nick Lachlan and written by Chris Murray. In the village of Morton Shallows. This is the first time we've ever been in Morton Shallows. I'm going to get mad at Chris Murray here a little bit later. Okay. The, the writer for this episode. Okay. And uh, we're definitely into the, the phase of the show, which is the aptly named pub show phase. You say that. But I got something on that. Well, it's called the Blacksmith's Arms, and we'll see why. Let's start with the uh, let's start with Morton Shallows. Okay. Because it ha- we find out we know we're in Morton Shallows because we get to see the village sign. Yes, right. And away. it is a beautifully made sign. I think it it looks like it's supposed to be out of wrought iron. Maybe it's got all these little symbols on it that are references to things that are apparently important to Morton Shallows. Some of which we can recognize, and some we can't. So I'm going to post an image on the subreddit um, with some labels. Trying to guess what some of those images are. <laughs> we'll put that on shuffle too. Yeah, we'll put it out there. And then um, if we're wrong about our guesses about what any of those images are, or if you can fill in some of the gaps, that, that would be great. Because we think one of them is like, it might be a snake, but I don't think it is. A also, snake. if you have a weird sign in your town, post it. Yeah. Because I'd like to see those. But what I love about the shots of those signs are outside of the pub, there is. Two dozen Santa Clauses. Oh my gosh. And they're all inflatable. They're all inflatable. So like, like <laughs> somebody was like, get every inflatable Santa Claus you could find. Yeah. Because it's a Christmas episode. But it's June. So we got to make sure it looks super Christmassy. Flock everything that yep. you can flock. Yep. They got the spray flock out and frosted the bushes and the grass and the... What do you think spray flock's made of? Um... I would say it has to be something that's like eco-friendly that maybe it dissolves in the rain. Well, more on that later, but I don't think they actually use flock. Okay. I think they will they use the things that I'll talk about later. Okay. For the climactic, oh, it's snowing scene. Okay. So. Well, it's fake snow is different than flock. Yes. Right? Flock sticks to stuff. Yes. And it doesn't fall down like that. You spray it onto things. Yes. But uh, Well, it's a combination of all of those things. So we've got... In June. We've got Fright Nights. Yes. It's spooky. <laughs> I'm not even going to talk about the movie Fright Night, right? We're just... It's right we're, out. We're skipping that. It's right out. Because <laughs> <laughs> if we started, we wouldn't stop. Yes. Chris Sarandon, you know. <laughs> Don't go there. Okay. We're having a ghost tour. We got an EMF monitor. And... and- <laughs> Something that looks like a Ghostbusters PKE meter. Yep. And something and some that lasers. looks a little bit like a stud finder, I think. Yeah. <laughs> if you want, I think we talked about it in some other ghost episode. But yeah. I, because of the comic I created, I did a whole sort of deep dive into the tools that ghost hunters use. Yeah. And they're all crap. <laughs> well, you know, they're all measuring something that we don't know whether you can even measure. Yes. Right? So they don't they don't really prove anything. I don't want to upset anybody who, who believes in ghosts. They're super fun. I, I, I love the idea I, of them. I, I didn't say there were no such thing as But ghosts. you can't use even, a stun finder to find them. I'm confident though, about that. Don't, don't even say it. Anyway. Anyway. But there's no such thing as ghost hunting tools. Correct. Yes. I guess. Let's move on to another controversial... <laughs> 
move on to another controversial sec uh, <laughs> topic topic which is hmm where is the best place to meet my mistress and have the sexy sex the room with the creepy dolls right before christmas yes on the ghost tour yes yeah and and the room with the creepy dolls and the symbol monkey and everything though hey murder right off the bat Oh, Good. yeah. Yes. We get a murder. And I, he's running with a sword. Super creepy murder because yep. we get the night vision goggle yep. view. And then there's some kind of face. I don't know if it's a doll or something else that has its mouth like wide open. Yes. I said some doll is screaming. <laughs> <laughs> or it could be like a... Um, uh, like a cornice, like something carved around a fireplace something. or something. I don't know what it is. And then... Symbol monkey starts. Symbol symbol monkey starting is always the creepiest thing. They're creepy no matter what. Yeah, they're so creepy. Stephen King has a whole story about them. And he's not only run through with a sword, he's run through with a sword twice. Yeah, so I had a question about that sword. I don't know if you looked into this or not. They say it's silver, which it can't be. Okay. Because uh, I was like... Is that what you wanted to know? Wouldn't that just go... <laughs> no, it would stab you, but it, it wouldn't keep an edge for very long no. at all. And you couldn't get a very good edge on it to begin with. And wow, would it be expensive if it was solid silver. <laughs> like, really yeah. expensive. Especially the era in which this sword is supposed to have been made. It would have been, like, the most valuable thing in the county. Yes. If it was solid silver. Okay, Bob, you got a new part. Mm-hmm. You're going to be the postman mm-hmm. on Midsummer. Okay. But you got to wear the winter coat. Yes. And Christmas stuff. Even though it's hot, we're sorry. And Sykes, you got to put on the garland collar, dude. Sorry. <laughs> but we have a surprise. Yeah. Like, I, again, we talk a lot about, oh, how we wish we could go back and watch these for the first time, you know, and experience it for the first time. I remember this exactly. See, I don't. When she I'm, turns and you see she's got the baby bump. I was like, what? What? How Barnabies, much time has passed? Barnabies don't have sex. <laughs> and they certainly don't have babies. No. No. I mean, Kali fell out of a tree or something, right? I mean, they didn't. They had that long Joyce before. didn't give birth to her. That was on Bergerac, <laughs> not on this show. Well... There's a baby bump because Fiona Dolman, who plays Sarah Barnaby, got pregnant. Yes. Now, if you if you don't, th- so this is a a sexist thing in the television industry, right? Where they still and they still do this. They ask you whether you're pregnant when you apply for roles, mm. which is insulting. But I agree with that completely. But for that kind of job, I mean. If you shave your head, they're going to sue you. I know. Right? It's just, it just. If you get a tattoo on your face, you're going to be in trouble. You're committing to looking a certain way for the part within reason. It puts my hackles up. I know. And I understand why it does. And I think it should. But, you know, kudos to Midsummer Because when Fiona Dolman got pregnant, she wasn't expecting it. Yeah. She had just divorced her husband of like 13 years. Yep. Had a brief relationship that they never mentioned. They never referred to it as like a one night stand, but that's my impression. Yep. Is that it was a little rebound fling. Yep. And then wound up pregnant, which she had miscarriages before. She had wanted a baby for a long time. And at 43, you got to think you're sort of done. Your chances are over. Yeah. 
So when she told the the showrunners that she was pregnant, they said, "We'll we'll work with it." That's the best response. She only films two or three days per episode anyway. Yeah. So it worked out well, even after the baby was born, she said in a couple of interviews. Yeah. And that baby has a beautiful name. Her name is Madeline Charlotte. That is a beautiful name. It's a nice name. It's better than Bump. Yeah. But I got to say Bump is better than Betty. (laughs) Betty. Betty. You got to have those hard T's in there. Betty. Yep. We'll talk about that. Yeah, so there's a baby and Jones is gone, right? We had no idea Jones was done. The yeah. last episode didn't hint at it. But now, apparently, he's a DI in Brighton. He is. And Barnaby's not bitter about it. No. Except that he is super bitter about it. He should be, like, super pleased. I'm sure he is. But at the same time, <laughs> you know, I've, I've had employees who moved on to great opportunities that they would not have gotten if they hadn't spent the time working with me that they had. And I'm proud of them. But at the same time, I usually call them quitters for a little while. Yeah. <laughs> with a smile. So now we've got Charlie Nelson. Yes. Who I really like. I do too. Charlie Nelson's pretty good. Uh, he is, first of all, everything around him is sprayed with snow stuff. Yes. And they do the... So if you watch enough television like we do, that's in the first like three scenes. Yeah. And then you have it in your mind that it's the winter time. Yeah, you sort of ignore it after Everything that. else is day for night. There, there's a blue filter on oh, it the whole whenever they're outside. Yeah. But that's it. Yeah. They don't they don't do a lot of there's a scene where they stand outside the manor house where they're clearly sweating. Yes. Like it's hot. Yes. <laughs> it's gotta be hard. Yeah. It's gotta be hard. I like Nelson and but I will say I don't think his first episode would be as good if it weren't for Kate. I think Kate makes it. Kate's there and Because Nelson needs an ally, right? He does. Because Barnaby is treating him kind of rough and running those paces and not really accepting him and not really being very welcoming. He's not being mean, but he's not being real welcoming or supportive. See, when Jones started, it was like, well, you're better than the last guy who got sick and disappeared. Yeah. Well, and Jones got promoted to help, right? So he kind of selected him because he stood out, because he had been so helpful. But I think if we didn't have Kate for Nelson to kind of play off of, it wouldn't work because she's like, it takes time to get to know him. Do you want to go out for a drink? And makes him feel part of the crew. Yeah. And it works. Uh, So I I thought I would ask you if you think that she's hitting on him. But on the second watch, I was like, no. No, not at all. Not at all. No. And and it's nice, you know, women and men can be friends. And even when she says, hey, I've got an extra room and they're living together, you know, in the episodes yeah. to come, it's that's never even hinted at. Yeah. Which I, I really appreciate. Because yeah. it would have been easy to go that direction and say that, oh, there was a romantic thing. Well, she was kind of hot for Jones, too. Yeah. So. But we would think less of Nelson if he was brand new to town and hooked up with somebody he works with that quickly before he even knew the lay of the yeah. land. It would make him he, less of a good cop. He, he seems to be a good cop. Yeah. So is he played by Gwillem Lee, who's just a child? Absolutely. He's purdy, though. Well, so he started really his television career in a show called Animal Arc. And uh, he did a whole bunch of episodes of that. It's like a kid's animal show. Mm -hmm. He's 
so tiny and so he's got a little round face he's like so, how young like 10 like five, 12 12 12 okay. 15 that sort of time frame i know he was in a lewis later he, he was in a lewis he did a voice for isle of dogs and uh he was in fresh meat with jack whitehall who okay. i find so funny okay so this is how broken i am when i saw that he was in fresh meat i just saw the name uh-huh and it is fresh meat. Yeah. And I was like, is that a zombie-related village show that we saw? Or is it the <laughs> kids who are freshmen living together show? Yeah. As parents of college students who really are just kind of starting college life, if not classes, I can't watch that show now. Yeah. No. It was funny five or six years ago when I saw it. But now it's like, are my kids doing those things yeah, when I'm he, not around? No, I can't watch that. He really, he he made, it made Jack Whitehall, that yeah. show. So he's in three seasons of Minstummer. Then he left to be in a show called Jamestown, mm-hmm. which he was a starring role that in. That was on Masterpiece and PBS here. Yeah, but yeah. the biggest thing he's ever been in is he was in Bohemian Rhapsody. He played Brian May. Is Brian May the member of Queen who has like a PhD in astrophysics or something? Yes. Yeah. Plays the one guitar. with the, the guy with the big hair. Big hair. At the time anyway. Yeah. Okay. Yep. And there's a couple of videos on YouTube of them talking. It's nice. Because Brian May was all involved in the production of Bohemian Rhapsody. So I, I love how Sarah is like, so what's the new DS like? What do you mean you don't know? You don't know where he's staying. You don't know what he's doing. You don't know if he has family for Christmas. You don't yep. know this. You don't know that. And <laughs> rather than, I think, trying to point out the fact that that Barnaby is, you know, kind of bad at his job because it's kind of his responsibility to to welcome Nelson, I think he's like, oh, crap, I didn't. Yeah, I haven't done that. and But that's just kind of what Midsummer's like. There's no easing into a job in Midsummer. It's no. all on all the time. He's first on the scene. Dead people start dropping as soon as you cross the county line. Yeah. <laughs> I, I see, see one. one. Bespoke furniture, furniture maker. So at first, I didn't have the subtitles on. So I thought Charlie said, male, icy one. Like he was cold? Yeah. Like he was an icy one? And I was like, like a frosty one? They're taking this whole Christmas thing a little too far. <laughs> yeah, because he's talking about Connor Bridgman. This is the guy who's yeah. been run through with the sword, right? But then I put, turn the, the subtitles on, and it's IC1, right. which it's, is an identity code that yeah. the British police use. And exchange and, and replacement for ethnicity. Yes. yes. So they don't have to say white, male, they say I see one. So male. I see one is white Northern European. Yeah. Can we talk about Morton Shallow being the most haunted village? Okay. 2003 must have been a crap year for haunted villages <laughs> because there's one ghost in this town. <laughs> and she's a little girl. She doesn't even like. She doesn't appear in the. But she she's not threatening. It's not like she's Freddy Krueger. If you only have Freddy Krueger, then maybe you're the most haunted. Because you got a scary ghost. The museum in the other episode with the... The painting. With, with the painting and the chair is more haunted than this entire village. So I wanted to know what actually is the most haunted village in the UK. Yes. And of course, there are lots of places who are like, we're the most haunted because it, it it's good for tourism, right? Yeah. If you want that, that certain kind of tourism. Yes. But back in 1989... The Guinness Book of Records said that Pluckley, Pluckley was the most haunted village in the UK. Now, they have since stopped 
having a record for that because you can't prove it. Journalists have cast doubt on the veracity of the claims. Well, let's talk about that because yeah. I think this is fascinating. So Pluckley has three pubs and one of them is the Blacksmith's Arms. Oh, okay. So this is definitely a reference to Pluckley. Oh, yeah. Right? But it was previously called the Specter's Arms and Ooh. the Ghost's Arms. <laughs> I'm like, number one, do Specters have arms? Number two, if Specters and Ghosts have arms, like, are we talking about like physical arms, like the arms that you have your hands on? Or are we talking about the arms like a coat of arms? Either way. Or arms like called arms. Like weapons? Uh, yeah. Like the Specters' weapons? Okay. So <laughs> I don't want to go to that pub. <laughs> The episode with the painting in the chair is more haunted than this yes. one. The episode with the ghost tour walks yes. through the old cemetery. Yes. With were, Mr. Tits and Trees in his second role in Midsummer. Also more haunted than this village. Yes. But we're talking about Pluckley now. Okay. Okay. So Pluckley yeah. has a pub called the Blacksmith's Arms. So yeah. that was kind of a cool like wink and nod in this episode. But there are two other pubs in, in Pluckley, the okay. most haunted village in the UK. Okay. One is called the Black Horse. Um, it has a moat. Okay. That's kind of cool. We should have a moat. Um, and the other one is called the Daring Arms, D-E-R-R. Not D-A-R. Okay. It's not like daring do arms. Yep. Um, and it's haunted by a lady in a bonnet. That's terrifying. It. That's all we know is that she has a bonnet. Okay. That is clearly terrifying. There's also a ghost in Pluckley that they just call the Red Lady. But these are not the most interesting ghosts in Pluckley. Okay. Are you ready for this? There's a road called Dickie Buses Lane. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh, we're 12. Dickie Buses Lane. Dickie Buses Lane. And where it intersects with another road, whose name I could not find, is the intersection. The path. They call Fright Corner. Fright Corner. Where there is a ghostly monk. Okay. A phantom highwayman. Okay. And maybe a school teacher hung himself in the woods around there, sort of, kind of. Maybe. Maybe. But my favorite of all of Pluckley's ghosts is a gypsy woman named Susan. <laughs> <laughs> she used to sell watercress on a bridge. Okay. okay. And she was always smoking a pipe. Okay. And she died by being accidentally burned to death. I could not find the details. <laughs> so either it's a kind of like, oops, maybe she's not a witch. Yeah. And we burned her. Maybe. Oops. Or her pipe got way out of control. Yeah, I think that's <laughs> One or the other. But if you're ever in Pluckley, watch out for Susan. Susan. <laughs> Also, I'd like to say the forest that had the the uh, the the teacher is like scr the screaming forest. Yes, that is more haunted. Than this the time. guys from Top Gear spent a night there once. Nothing happened. Yeah, of course they did. Because of course, yeah. But I just I just love Susan. Don't call me Gov. Gov is a big city. Gov is big city term for your boss, yeah. right? Would you care if if somebody who worked for you called you Gov? No, I don't mind. People who work for me sometimes call me boss lady, but it's a joke. They're like, uh oh, here comes boss lady. Yeah, they're always kidding. No one works for me, so. But the ghost in uh, Morton Shallows is Little Rose Wilton. Yes, Wilton. Sorry, uh, who died 127 years ago because 
she, she froze to death froze in a cave. Froze to death in a cave. Because the fancy people at the big house turned her away. I'm kind of stunned it got that cold in England. Well, if you're little. I guess. And you don't have a good coat. I guess. She was well, the blacksmith's daughter. Why didn't she go to the blacksmith workshop? Because that's always a warm place. They got a fire going all the time. All the time. And we meet a bunch of people, including the world's worst married couple, Tabby and Simon. Well, to be fair, there's a couple world's worst married couples here, yeah, right? Yeah, there are. Connor, there. the dead guy, is married to Mel. They're not a good couple. She immediately says, who was, she, who was he who was with? Who was he with? He was with a woman who, right? Yeah. Never mind that her even being in a relationship with him is part of the reason why her brother was driven out of the village. Yes. And she still married him, even though he's clearly a loser. So they're a bad couple. But then there is Simon and Tabby, yes, who are the lord and lady of the manor here. She's just toasted all the time. Though she has a very weird necklace on. She does. I could not figure out her necklace. No. It's kind of witchy and kind of Nazi. I couldn't figure out what it was supposed and so, to be. So this is the conceit of this episode, okay? Simon and Tabby are the parents of Pippa. And Pippa used to live in this house with her grandfather and her aunt. Valerie. Because her parents were away in the city or something. Gallivanting around the world. Apparently on the money they used to have that they don't have anymore. They don't have death duties, maybe. Something. I don't know. Maybe. The grandfather dies. Mm-hmm. The aunt goes, I know I took care of you for years and years and years, but I don't expect anything in the will, and moves out. Mm-hmm. And Simon and Tabby move in and then take over raising their daughter. Mm-hmm. And they clearly hate each other. Mm-hmm. And this drives Pippa to kill. <laughs> what? Well, <laughs> uh, let's talk about her motive at the end. Yeah, okay. So the woman that Connor was kissing on right before he was killed, is his wife's singing teacher. Yes. Felicity. Why is Felicity in the episode? I don't know. And there are a lot of posters and signs related to Felicity mm-hmm. that are like they had to make them all. Yeah. And she she is actually the one who's doing the scary voice. Yeah. Because are going to die. Because Pippa wants her to... to to make it more scary. Right. But Felicity is just an example of like how not to make friends in a village that you've just moved into. Yes. So I would agree. You know, have an affair with yep. a married man. Yep. Uh, be deceitful on a ghost walk. Yes. Be rude to one of your um, students, your singing students. Well, she's not really rude to the student. The ex-wife, the the wife of the, the widow, the widow shows up at her door <laughs> and like demands to talk. I would I would shush a student out of the room. But like everything she does is it seems to be um, gonna hurt her chances of ingratiating herself with the villagers, who I'm sure are not very accepting of newcomers anyway. She's also posting all of the stop the fright night things. No, that's Mel. Oh, that's sorry, his that's wife. Mel. It's Mel. It's yeah, Mel. his yeah. wife is doing that. Yeah. Then we've got Ross over at the pub. Who is angry all the time. He's angry and having an affair with Tabby. Yeah. Now, I don't know what Tabby would see in him. She's clearly a woman who is used to living a certain lifestyle. Yes. Why she would want to date the landlord of the local pub, I don't know. My only explanation is that she is clearly an alcoholic and he owns a pub. That's... 
isn't the explanation that convenient? <laughs> I have. Yeah. Like, hey, free booze for the rest of my life? Solid. Oh, uh, I don't think she wants the rest of her life with him. I think he wants the rest of the life of her his life with her. But I think she's just looking for a good time or a rise out of some man. He's not. He's not a good time. Boy, does she goad Simon into. Oh, just, I feel sorry for Simon. I'm. I'm sure he's done things to deserve the relationship that he has. But I think I feel sorry for him because I just really like Mark Heap, the actor who plays him. So yes, played by Mark Heap, who we first saw our our first experience with Mark Heap. Was in Spaced. Which was Simon Pegg's first TV show about a bunch of people who live in the same apartment building. And Mark Heap plays this like stoned out weirdo neighbor who's super funny. Super funny. Then we saw him in Candleford and we were like, wait a minute, that's the same dude. Yeah, he was really good in Lark Rise to Candleford. He's the mailman. Yeah, and he's he's in in the Marple at the Bertram Hotel. Mm -hmm. He's older than I thought. Yeah? Yeah, he's 10 years older than me. Whoa. And he was born in India. More British people than you think of that age were born in India. Like Joanna Lumley was born in India. Yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, He's in, the latest thing he's in is uh, Friday Night Dinners that we've been recommended Mm -hmm. a couple of times. Uh, And he does these fantastic ads for Old Speckled Hen, which is a draft, uh, is a beer in England. Where it's a puppet of a fox, but he does the voice. <laughs> and it is it is a posh fox. Oh. Like he has a suit and tie on and, and a cap and everything. Oh. It's very funny. He's a fancy fox. Yeah, I'll put I'll put one of the commercials in the, the show notes. He's funny. So we've we've got the Fergus Johnsons, right? Yeah. And Pippa and her sidekick Dev. Yeah. And then Ollie shows up. I am a dark stranger. Brooding, mysterious man who people either love or hate. Because I ate a red herring. (laughs) He's played by James Murray. And as soon as I saw him, I'm like, McDonald and Dodds. Yeah, so this... this If you haven't seen McDonald and Dodds, it's on Acorn, right? No, it's on BritBox. BritBox, sorry. And this week's McDonald and Dodds has both... Uh, Valerie from this episode and Ollie. Ollie. Yeah. The two two of them are in McDonald Dots. They don't play the same characters, right? <laughs> no, no, that would be weird. But uh he's he's like the head police guy mm-hmm. in McDonald and Dots. Yeah, he's the um not superintendent, but Yeah. Yeah. Though he does they do a very good job. He has PTSD from being in Afghanistan mm-hmm. or Iraq, one of the the wars in in over there, the Middle East, Middle East, <laughs> and I really liked it. Uh, I'm not pushing us to the end, but when he takes the sword away from Pippa, mm-hmm. there's a moment where he's in kill mode, mm-hmm. and he does a really good acting job. There. Yeah, he does. I think he's almost the best actor out of this episode. Yeah, he does a really good job. He's shit at hiding though, because he's supposed to be hiding. <laughs> And he puts a string of lights where he's... <laughs> <laughs> Look at me over here. Oh, we're going to talk about that playground in a oh, second. That, I got some things to say that about that playground. Playground. Wow. It's clear that this haunting is a bit of a hoax. Yeah. Right? That Pippa... I don't even think Pippa really believes in it. 
Dev certainly doesn't believe. Well, Dev Felicity is, is like so not believing it that she's making little recordings and playing them just to kind of help out. Dev's another. Why is he in this episode? Yeah. And it's another case of this is a village where everybody is kind of part of this thing. They're all kind of claiming a piece of this haunting as a way to drum up business, drive tourism. It's the identity of the village. Yeah. And I think I heard some rhythmic knocking. What, what like, were you sticking the sword in? Yeah. In <laughs> or like somebody just like knocking or something. But it, it made me curious about hoax haunt hauntings in the uk okay and like were there any any other like country estates like this that were supposed to be haunted that clearly weren't and you know like the scooby-doo thing scooby-doo yeah Yeah. let's drum up some business by pretending that there was a haunting here or whatever do you know about ghost watch in 92 i think so i think we've watched a couple of them no we haven't no it's only one okay what is this So in 1992, a guy named Volk, who uh, has since written all kinds of great horror TV, supernatural stuff, pitched this thing to the BBC that they would do a show that was about uh, haunting, a family who was haunted. It was a mother and two daughters. And it would be sort of like reality TV, right? It was like a one night special and it was supposed to be live. Okay. And the two hosts for the show were actual TV hosts on the BBC. So these are people who these folks, watchers, viewers would have seen all over the place. They were familiar, right? And they're hosting the show that is fiction, but being... Pretending. Pretending to be be real. Okay. Right? Like Like War of the Worlds. War of the Worlds situation here. And man, did they get people going. Oh, they like, did? They caused a lot of controversy. People thought it was real. Their, the phone lines were blowing up. People reporting ghosts that they had seen or calling to complain. Oh, about. why haven't we watched this thing? But I will say to our listeners, if you're not familiar, my favorite UK hoax ghost is Jeff the Mongoose. Yes. On the Isle of Man? Yes. Yes. Jeff In the, the 1930s. On, on the Isle of Man. It's G-E-F. Jeff. Yes. Treat yourself. Oh, boy. Listen to a podcast, read a story, I don't care, watch a YouTube video, whatever. There is no bad way to learn about Jeff. It's going to make you smile. He's got hands. He's a mongoose with hands. He's a mongoose. But he's a ghost mongoose. A ghost mongoose. Who can talk. Ghost mongoose who can talk (laughs) with hands. It just gets better all the time. But I couldn't find any stories specifically about like, country estates trying to use a ghost to like drum up business to because death death duties were so high for anybody they still are for anybody who inherits that kind of um house that they got to find a business something almost immediately i would have sold the house personally but you know well you know and maybe they should have too but uh well speaking of should have if you walk up beside somebody in an office situation and they clearly have big headphones on. Do you startle them? <laughs> it's hard not to. If I mean, if you do anything to try to get their attention, it's probably going to startle them. But poor Charlie here. He was like tuned in. He Dialed was. into listening to that EMP <laughs> recording. Yeah. Waiting to hear like, you're uh, all about to die. No, it's not like that. It's like... You're all about to die. You're—I mean, it's like clearly a girl's voice, a woman's yeah. voice. It's pretty hokey, but 
Get it over to voice recognition. <laughs> We're midsummer, not am I five? Yeah. <laughs> You're not going to recognize that voice. Though I do want to know why the recording didn't pick up the click of that little cassette recorder that Felicity's using, because it would have. Yeah. It probably would have even picked up the whir of the tape. And uh, Barnaby talks about the ABCs here. He does. Assume nothing, believe no one, check everything. Do you know what that's from? Nope. Uh, It's from Blackstone's police manual. Oh, okay. And that manual has been around for a very long time. Where I first heard about it, um, and I didn't know it was real, because I heard about it in a Ben Aronovich novel, one of the Rivers of London novels, because the main character is a police constable, and he talks about they carry around Blackstone's police manual all the time, because that's what they use at Hendon, where they go to police college. And that... Those novels have like magic books in them. And I was yeah. like, is there a real book? Yeah. I just, I just didn't know if it was a manual that Aronovich made up to reference, but no, they're real police manuals. And the ABC is one of the things that are in it for sure. I do have something funny about this episode now that I realized it. Because <laughs> I asked you earlier, what did you think was the funniest moment? The funniest moment is clearly. Mom and dad are fighting, and I can't butter this goddamn bread, so I must kill. I'm trying to butter my toast. Can you stop fighting? Pippa put on a pretty dress. <laughs> you know what I thought of that scene? Wow, even rich people have messy kitch- messy kitchens. I feel kind of good now. Like, there's a laundry basket on the table. There's dirty dishes around. Pippa's got her artisanal bread. She's just trying to butter it. She Just, wants to go off a snog dev. Dev in her leather He's jacket. Hiding his dissertation from her. Where is this tech cave that he's in working? It's it's there at the house, right? It looks like, unless you know what's going on, it looks like he has something on his screen that she doesn't want he doesn't want her to see. And of course, the first thing I'm thinking of is Is he looking at porn? Has he got porn on there? <laughs> All I kept thinking of is they've clearly got CCTV installed all over the place. Yes. But apparently never mention it to the cops or show it to the cops. Well, the cops have videos from it, though. No, they only have the video from out front, from the camera that Simon tells them is there. Yeah. That's all they have. But if you look at the monitor that's behind them in the tech cave, it's split into at least four four views. And two of them are of bedrooms. There are beds in the shot. Yeah. They've got more than just that camera out front. Is, is Dev watching Pippa at night? I don't know, but they never mention it to the cops that they've got no. those videos. Surely no. they would have caught something on it, right? But Pippa's never going to do that because she knows she's the killer. Yes. Right? They don't have video of fighting Santa Clauses, too. Mom, Mom, I got a part. Dueling Santas? Yes. In front of Wooster's exclusive dry cleaner, Buckinghamshire County 31 Abelsbury and Beaconsfield. You are such a nerd yep. that you tracked that place down. I did. It's a right, real dry cleaner. It's right beside the treehouse, which is a pub. Well, what it is, is a storefront behind Brendan Pierce, who is the worst charity Santa Claus ever. Yeah, okay. Not only does he not wear the beard correctly, yes. but he's going to pocket the money. He, I don't buy him, okay? I don't buy him at all that he's coming back to take her away. You don't? I don't. Oh, I think he 
I think that was no. his full intention was to take her away. The whole last third of my notes are why is he not in jail? <laughs> I dislike him immensely. Mostly because he just opens the things from the charity thing and throws them on the floor and leaves them there. Well, and then when um, when Valerie talks to him on the street about like, well, what's the cause this year for the charity drive? He says, well, we haven't decided because it's just him and Ross and Connor on the committee. Three yeah. guys are deciding the charity for the entire village. Yes. And she says, well, the you know, the playground could use a little fix me up. And then we see it later. Oh, like yes. You can't even call that a It's like derelict tetanus land. Is all it is. It's not even a playground. Barnaby's like, I'm not getting on that swing. It's tetanus town. And he's like, well, we haven't decided yet. Dark stranger is dark and strange. The other thing I love about Brendan, besides being the world's worst Santa Claus, is when he takes folks for the tour in the cave where the little girl supposedly froze to death. He's like, yeah, take a look around at your peril. It's like a three count in between. I don't like him because he's a character who talks in idioms all the time. You don't trust him. No. Because either he's extremely naive, yeah. and and apparently that would make him kind of dumb, I would think, if he was that naive, or he's got something up his sleeve and is just pretending to be optimistic and naive when, in fact, he's planning on doing something See, really bad. I think he... I don't know why he comes back. I think he... I... And I... As soon as he goes into his office, I was like, oh, yeah, he steals all the money and takes off. And I didn't think he ever came back. I remembered him coming back. And I think that he actually meant to take um, Lib, Libs. Libs. Her Her name's Liberty, Liberty. which I was surprised by. Yes. Um, I think he means to take Liberty with him because otherwise, why would he put on a vacation shirt if he was trying to hide what he was going to do? I don't. I just don't and he bought tickets. He bought the tickets and is bringing them back. But when he says, uh, surprise, I want some money. Like, really? Yeah. Now, oh, come on. That is the dumbest lie ever. So Liberty never leaves that shop. Never. Never. She never leaves that shop. So obviously that actress was there for like two days. Oh, well, I take that back, though. Isn't she on one of the ghost tours? Oh, yeah, she is. So She's, she does get to leave, but only she, at night. Only at night. <laughs> That's right. Poor woman trying to run a tea shop that nobody is ever in. So do you know where we've seen her the last time? Mm -mm. Her name is Elizabeth Barrington. Okay. And the last place we saw her in was Nevers on HBO. Remember she plays the woman who... Oh, the very strong woman in Nevers. If you haven't seen Nevers, it's a... A show set in Victoria era London where some some people have been touched by this kind of like alien force that has given them superpowers, but yep. they're kind of random. It's hard and you're to right, explain. she's in it. Yep. Yeah, she's in it. It's good, but it's hard to explain. Now, I do this weird thing on IMDb. I haven't even told you about this weird thing where I check the last thing somebody's been in mm-hmm. and the first thing somebody's been in. Mm-hmm. And if I, I I get a little shot of dopamine if I've seen <laughs> both of those things. Okay. I don't know why. It's like I've seen their entire It's like you've career. been part of their career, yeah, from beginning to end. And Annette Badland is one of those people now. Yeah. But she is also one of those people because in 1992, maybe... 91, 92, she was in Naked with David Thewlis. That was her first gig 
and I saw that. That's her first official credit. Yep, her first official credit. She's in uh, in Bruges too, which if you haven't seen in Bruges, is awesome. It's a Colin Farrell and Brendan Gleeson. Yes, Brendan, Brendan Gleeson. Gleeson. God, yes. where did I pull that out from? Wow. Whoa. You're Mark now. I'm probably going to have a stroke later from that. <laughs> oh, there's a hole in my brain where I just fetched that from. I like her. I like Elizabeth Barrington a lot. So. so we get the Barnabys talking about the bump and that the bump needs a name. Yes. Right? And, and all of the names they suggest are better names than they pick. You say that. Okay. Now here's where I've got a bone to pick with the writer of this episode. What's his name? Chris Murray? Is yep. that right? Yeah. Because he, I assume it's Chris Christopher. Yes. They wrote the line for John, I like alliteration, and doomed the baby to be Betty. Yes. I thought the exact... If he hadn't said that, they could have named the baby anything they wanted to, but he wrote that line, and from then on, other writers are going, crap, what B name do we have to use? I came up with some alternatives. Are you ready for my list of alternative names for Betty that would be better? Bump. No, I kind of went uh, a little different. Okay. And at this point, we don't know it's a girl. Yes, we don't know it's a girl. I'm not going to say these are better. Okay. Which could be Barney Barnaby. Okay. Or Bartleby Barnaby. Bartleby works. Bartleby Barnaby. It's fun to say. Yeah, it is. Could have been Balthazar Barnaby. Yeah. Basil Barnaby. Basil's. I like Basil. Bernadette Barnaby. No, I don't like Bernadette. Bernice Barnaby. No. Boris Barnaby. Boris. Boris Barnaby. My favorite. And they could have used this. Beyonce Barnaby. Beyonce (laughs) Barnaby. (laughs) I like Beyonce Barnaby. I'm not against Elizabeth or Betsy or Liz. I'm not even really against Betty. But in at least in the U.S., Betty is a name for an older woman. It's not a name that people give kids anymore. And it's really my problem with it is the way that they pronounce it. It's not, yeah. we, we would just say Betty. Yeah. Almost as if it has two D's in the middle, but yeah. they say Betty. Yes. I'm sure we will vent more about Betty Barnaby, and I'm sorry. You'll get tired of hearing it. Barnaby's home. And he's watching the DVDs of the close yes. uh, camera footage, right? Yes. They're DVDs, right? Yes. Why, when he rewinds and plays, does it sound like a VHS player? Because they're wrong. It like clunks and yeah. goes... Yeah. Like when he's fast forwarding and rewinding. The, the, vi- the laser doesn't It doesn't do that. Do that. No. They also make a reference here... A veiled weird reference to a Russian movie. Oh, because Sarah's like, oh my gosh, what are you going to watch? Something boring, right? And <laughs> Like a, an eight-hour Russian movie or something like that. So she says it's the Russian film where the camera doesn't move. Now, I like Russian movies. <laughs> of course you do. And I, I sort of have it narrowed down to two things. Uh, the first one's called Russian Ark which is a movie from 2002, which is fantastic. I'll take your word for it. Uh, it's an unnamed narrator wanders through the Winter Palace in St. Petersburg and implies that he died in some horrible accident and is a ghost drifting through the palace. There are thousands of people in this movie. Mm-hmm. And it is a single shot. Oh, wow. It, it is a 90-minute long shot. That's awesome. And there are three symphony orchestras. All the music is done in camera. Wow. You never see a camera person. You never see anything. Do you think they did it in one take? They did it 
they I know it's one single shot, but do you think they only did it once and got it? They did it three times on the last day. The whole movie performed three times. On the last day. Jumping Jehoshaphat. Yeah. That's commitment. Yeah. (laughs) And so like, and they filmed it in the Hermitage. Mm -hmm. So it's in the Hermitage, in the Winter Palace. And they covered all the windows so that they could make it be different. So time of day didn't matter. Yeah. Time of day didn't matter. And it, it is stunning. You think, you think about it and you start to watch it and you're like, you get very much caught up in it. Mm-hmm. It's a very great movie. Or they could mean Man with a Movie Camera, which is from 1929. It's really the first documentary of note that ever was done. It really creates the idea of documentary filmmaking. I can't think either of those is a John Barnaby kind of movie. He likes Hammer Horror films. Why would he be I, watching either of those? I don't know. Maybe the first one because it's a bit more psychological, maybe. And he's, remember, he went to college for psychology. I have to think that the people who have seen both of those movies, maybe less than a million people world. <laughs> I think you're overestimating it. <laughs> Film studies students, maybe, yeah. who took a class in Russian theater or yeah. something. So Ross is dead. Yes. Because they, they have the pub night. They have the pub night. The vigil. At the, uh, and there's a Christmas menu. Did you see the Christmas menu? I did not notice the Christmas menu. It's smoked salmon with soup or roast turkey, unless you're a veg, and then you get nut roast. Mm-hmm. And all the trimmings, kiss and Christmas pudding. That sounds good. That's pretty good. Turn your mobiles off and Charlie, go sit in the yellow room with horrible wallpaper. It's the landing, I think. I think so. It has the yellow wallpaper. Yeah. And that's where Felicity is with her little cassette player. And, and we then get they the... turn off all the lights in the pub. I'm like, this is not safe. No, not at all. Somebody's going to fall down that rickety little stairway. Yes. And I guess if you're at the pub that night, you got to be part of the vigil. You can't just hang out and have a beer because it's all spooky all the time. Yeah. I suppose. Well, he gets hit in the back of the head with... A blacksmith's hammer and shoved in the freezer. Yes. To recreate part of the ghostly death. There sure is a lot of blood. Yep. Because the pub used to be the blacksmith shop, right? Yes. Used to be the forge. Ooh. And then poor Nelson feels bad. He does. Because Ross got killed while he He, was there. He's literally pissed. Can't blame him. Can we talk about the playground now? Yes. I, it's a little thing, but there's something about it that really bothers me, other than tetanus. When Valerie is there originally and Barnaby comes to talk to her, yes, there is a swing set yes, and um, bouncy horses with the big springs that you sit on and weeble wobble around and a merry-go-round. Okay. A carousel. No, carousel have horses on them. Okay. It's a merry-go-round. Okay. I know this because I did the research today. Okay. It's a merry-go-round, which is a thing that... Kids sit on and they push it and it spins. Yes. And basically you ride it until you puke. Yes. Right. Vomit comet is what we used to call it. <laughs> it has pipes on it that are that serve as kind of like handles or dividers right. for each of the sections. And when we see it at that point, it has almost like wooden planks that also divide it into quarters. Yes. Did you notice that? Yes. Okay. So they definitely are there then. Yes. When Valerie and Ollie are having their romantic moment. Yes, the romantic carousel of it's lights. It's not a carousel. It's a Sorry. merry-go-round. Sorry. They're on the merry-go-round of light, and he's got candles lit, 
in the derelict playground. Those wooden dividers are gone. Yes. Because if they were there, they wouldn't be able to lie down on either side of it. No. The way they are. No. When they come to arrest Ollie and he sits up, they're back. They're back. I did notice that. Why are they ever there in the first place? I don't know. I'm thinking that they are there to block the view of something that's behind it. yes. In that shot. And then they're there and they're gone. So when you look at it from the side, something needs to be blocked. But from the top, it doesn't need to be blocked. The other thing, and this is a stupid Sarah thing, but I'm thinking... If you strung up Christmas lights, first of all, where did you plug them in? Yes. And second of all, how are you spinning that thing and they're not being reeled <laughs> in on it and ripped out of the outlet? They've got to be battery operated lights. From my notes. I'm where such did a nerd. you plug these in? Oh my and, gosh, you're as nerdy as I am. I'm and so sorry. Why are they not twisted around the carousel? I know it's not a carousel. I'm so sorry, people. <laughs> we're so broken. We're really broken. But we're missing an important part here. Hmm. Sarge. Mom, mom. I got a part. I'm a late night policeman who comes in and hands Charlie a piece of paper. Are they the same ones who are confronting Ollie in the in the interview room? Where no, he's they're like, you uniform, can't hold me. They're uniform guys. This oh, okay. is a plain clothes guy. Ooh. Do you think they actually keep the top shop in the cop shop in moody lighting at night? Um, every TV show says yes. Ollie's AWOL, he has PTSD, and Brendan is gone with all the charity money, comes back. I want some money. No, you didn't. No. Idiot. Liar. It's mince pies for breakfast. And then we learn that Dev is not doing his PhD on paranormal studies. No. But do you know that you actually can? I don't know if I've told you this. (laughs) You're hearing it here first, people. But... When I was in high school, I wanted to go into parapsychology. Oh. And my guidance counselor was very kind. <laughs> <laughs> and said, you don't live in Ghostbusters, so you can't do that? You could have gone to the Atlantic University and gotten an online master's degree in transpersonal studies, which includes parapsychology. Okay. I wanted to go to a real university and get a real degree. Okay, then you would have had to go a little bit further afield, and you would have had to gone to the University of Edinburgh. Okay, that's a real university. And studied in the Kessler Parapsychology Unit. Oh. Where their specializations are ESP and psychokinesis, though they study lots of other things. And they are well known for the Gansfeld Procedure. This is what it is. Okay. Two people in separate rooms that are far apart from one another, are told to lie down comfortably. Ping pong balls that have been cut in half are taped over their eyes. White noise is played and a red light is shown in their face. This is like simple sensory deprivation. Yes. Sort of. One of them is taught to think and the other one is told to sort of listen, mentally listen. And the idea is that when you are, when you have this sensory deprivation... You can't see. There's white noise. Something about the red light is supposed to kind of like stimulate something. Yep. And what they try to do is have one person be the sender and one be the receiver. In high school, I tried to convince my friends to do this experiment. (laughs) (laughs) You tried. You failed. I failed to get... I got them to do the ESP cards. We did the ESP cards quite a bit. Like they have in the beginning of Ghostbusters. Yep, we, d- we did the ESP cards mm-hmm. quite a bit. I was so influenced by media as a child. 
And I remember reading about that experiment and saying, we should try this. It's called the Gansfeld Procedure. And to be fair to the Kessler Parapsychology Unit, a lot of what they do is teach and study research methods. Yes. They are specialists in being critical of research methods. Uh, And so they look at a lot of studies done in other places and critique the method and try to improve it so that if ESP is real... We actually need to be able to measure it and actually yeah. observe it. And so the study needs to be done correctly. I totally should have went there. You should have gone there. So Deb is not doing his studies in paranormal studies. What he's studying is why people believe those things, right? Gullibility, irrationality, and the inability to confront reality. Yes. Which is maybe a little critical. Uh, there, there have been quite a few studies like this. My biggest problem with his research is that Pippa seems to be the subject of his research, yeah, and she and doesn't she know. She doesn't know. Which is right you out. You can't do that. You cannot do that. No. Nope. There's um, a banner, like printed paper taped together in their little tech cave, that says, the unknown of today is the truth of tomorrow. Do you know where that comes from? Nope. I think I tracked it down. Okay. I think it comes from a book called The New Psyche, a Pastoral, by Erwin Huntington, published in 1895. Ooh. It's on Google Books. Oh, okay. But then it became the tagline for a magazine called Pursuit, which is the journal of Situ. Situ is the Society for the Investigation of the Unexplained. Okay, so this is like a 40 in Times thing. Oh, it's more serious than that. Okay, okay. Yeah, I mean, it's like a non-academic academic journal, but it has very interesting covers. I'm sure it does. Yes. Um, so it's it's like on the cover. Like it says, Pursuit, the Journal of Society for Investigation of the Unexplained. And then below that, the unknown of today is the truth of tomorrow. It's there. Yeah. So Pippa's at the cave setting up to do her streaming. In, in 2013, she could have been streaming on YouTube. Yeah, I verified she, that. She I was could, like, wow, where would she be live streaming? I don't know. She's not doing Twitch, that's for sure. No. <laughs> well, she's not going to do anything because it's all just a trap. Yes. So she can kill Ollie. She says she wants to make a ghost. Yeah. I thought that was the most interesting thing about her killing. <laughs> I was like, that. You say that with a smile. I was like, oh, yeah. That no. makes sense. No, it's That's bullshit. Cool. She oh, has no intention of trying to create a ghost. Bullshit. She just wants to, like, kill Ollie. Because she wants to live with Valerie in the house, who is her real mom. No, she wants to live, well, I guess maybe. She wants to live with her mom and dad and her aunt, and she wants them all to be happy. Yes. Because she's Mom and dad are fighting, and I can't butter my bread. I must kill! (laughs) Because she's acting like a five-year-old whose parents are splitting up. Yes. Like, come on, your parents have been like this your whole life, I'm sure. They were not lovey-dovey, then they went and traveled when they came back. They were mean. Yep. They've been like that. We get night vision, which is kind of... No, it's not night vision. It's Pippa vision. Pippa vision, which is kind of <laughs> silence in the lambs. Yeah. It's also Ollie, like, running into walls and trying to hide behind a rock that wouldn't hide him. <laughs> I'm just glad all the lighting in the cave is controlled by one big Frankenstein switch that Nelson can run over and, and switch on and fry her eyeballs. <laughs> ah! He's... He's a Marine. Ollie could have ripped that sword out of her hands and kicked her butt. Yeah, I think he's holding back because there are police there who are going to handle her and he's restraining himself. I don't think he's actually afraid of her. 
No, but when he is like in a life or death situation, he switches to killer mode. Yeah, as you would if you'd been trained like he and, has. And he does a great job of acting yep. there. And, and then restraining himself and giving them the sword. It's like, no. I actually really like Ollie. Yeah. And I like that he and Valerie get to be together. I know they do kissy kissies at the end. She She's almost too good. Yes. She says, I'm not as good as people think I am. I'm like, where's the evidence of that? I was like... Like, Show me. Like, do you think bad thoughts and people I, don't know? I, I don't. Do you flip people off behind their backs and they never see it? I don't. She even wears blue and white the whole episode, almost like a nurse wears. Yeah. Her outfit is almost like a nurse all the time. Yeah, I would agree. I was also surprised that neither Nelson or Ollie had a cell phone that they could use as a light. No. In the cave. No. They did. But they didn't. Yes. They did have them. They didn't use them that way. No. It would have ruined it. Nelson saves the day like all good sergeants in their first episode. That's right. You yep. gotta save the day. Yep. Well done. Then they get the letter from Jones. Yep. Made out. He addresses it to Sykes, <laughs> which know. is just awesome. That's fantastic. It's so Jonesy. But then Debbie comes home. Why are you not in prison? Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so... And their ma their marriage is magically fixed? He's delusional. I think we're meant to think that this has been kind of a come to Jesus for Brendan. No. Because he I, very nearly went to prison. I don't buy And he's it. probably still in some trouble. I'm sorry. And they've got to get real. I guess. He was so desperate to deny what was going on. And then he gets kind of rewarded because Debbie comes home. Yeah. Now, Debbie left... Because Connor broke her heart. Yes. Does Debbie come back because he's dead? I don't know. Well, is it's she Christmas. Is she going to be sad when she hears he's dead? I would think so. Or relieved. Mm. Maybe Mel and Felicity and Debbie should get together and have a Connor's dead party. Maybe. He hauled the, so. the jerk is dead. Yeah. That maybe they they just need like a glass of champagne and. But Kate and Charlie wouldn't be there because they're the Barnabys. Aww. Barnaby even kind of looks at the camera and says, Merry Christmas, everyone. Yes. And I then think they go outside. He's supposed to be talking to them. Yeah. But clearly talking to us, too. Yeah. It's sweet. It's snowing. <laughs> no. <laughs> it's fake snowing. It's fake snowing. Fake snow is either that spray stuff. Mm-hmm. Or different people use laundry snowflakes, yeah, soap flakes, or instant potato flakes. Mm -hmm. Both of those. Yeah. Instant potato flakes are a little bit more friendly to the environment and to the animals and wildlife, but yeah. they are like eco-friendly soap flakes that you can use. Either way, you spray them with a hose and they go away. Soap flakes, though, can get slippy. Yes. You got to be careful with them. But I would think if you got enough mashed potatoes, it would get kind of <laughs> slimy, too. <laughs> <laughs> but I think Sykes out there licking the bushes like hey did you guys know these taste like potatoes in other oh my gosh it's snowing scenes it's clearly CGI but mm. this is not CGI no I don't think so I think they used a snow machine so then I got interested in snow machines because snow machines actually make snow okay there's two types of there's snow machines that you use for television and movies yeah and then there's snow machines that you use on a hill to make to snow. To make snow. You're talking about the first, yes. not the latter. And okay. I found Froggy's Fog. Maximum snow cannon. Yes. And this is not cold snow. This is fake snow. Yes. And what is it? It's 
it's a liquid they turn into snow oh it's more like bubbles but it, it's not not via freezing no it's not via freezing and it shoots out of it in a way that makes it look like it's going past your window or whatever you have so then set. so it goes up and then it drifts yeah. slowly down yeah and then what does it do it sits on the ground and then melts okay but not because it's cold no <laughs> no it, i think it's bubbly it dissolves i think it yeah it's dissolves which means it gets all over everything i'll put the video of it. i'm i'm still leaning towards potato flakes yeah i'll put the video of it in the, <laughs> in the uh because then if you got extra you could just make potatoes in the show notes yeah yep i mean not good potatoes who makes potatoes from potato flakes but mom mom i'm santa <laughs> there are so many like i can only think they use the blow-up santas in this episode because they're just easier to transport they take up less space yep and storage. So, uh, best corpse? <laughs> nice corpse. Well, we got Connor and Ross. Connor, we barely see, even though the sword is sticking out of him at an odd angle. Mm-hmm. In that weird room with the. There's a mirror in there. It's room? a nursery. Yeah. Why they have a nursery, yeah. I don't know. I don't know either. And Ross is in the fridge. Yeah. There's more blood for Ross, and we see him longer. I think Ross. Oh, I'm going to go Connor because oh. he had to lay on the floor with that sword sticking out of him that whole time. And who knows? I mean, sure, there, it was a rig that had like strap that went around him that had a sword attached to it. Yeah. But man, if he breathed, it would have been telegraphed. Whoa, that whoa, whole whoa, sword whoa. would have moved. Whoa, so he would have had to hold his breath well. Yeah. And he yep. did it. So I'm giving it to him. Okay. After the credits. Let's see. Felicity, Mel, and Debbie form the We Hate Connor Club. Hopefully... Simon and Tabby get divorced and go away. Who's going to run the pub? Yeah. Who's running the pub? Because Ross was single and proud of it. Ollie Ollie goes to jail, sort of. Maybe. He gets a slap on the wrist, at least. I bet he's got to pay the money back to some charity or something. I would think so. He's got to make up for it. Maybe he gets community service. Not Brendan. Ollie. Oh, I'm sorry. No, Ollie. He's AWOL. I'm guessing that since he has PTSD and the military knows it, that he's going to get counseling and he's going to be able to stay. Well, Valerie will help him out since she's a nurse. Fake nurse. Felicity Hearn needs to move. Yeah, Felicity's going to have to take her voice somewhere else. Yeah, and Pippa goes to jail for life. And Dev has a whole another chapter for his PhD. Yeah. <laughs> and killing. <laughs> It's an appendix. Yeah. <laughs> he, he's got a true crime podcast already. Oh, boy. Assume nothing. Believe no one. Check everything. <laughs> At your peril. At your peril. You can find Midsummer Maniacs on Twitter, Instagram, and email. We also have the Facebook groups for Midsummer and Acorn subreddit. Anywhere else you find maniacs, including if the you Shuffle feel app. if you feel like having conversation about episodes, you might check out Shuffle. Yep. We'll, we'll check it out with you. If um, you watch us on YouTube, remember to like, subscribe, and hit the bell. Still trying to get that number up. Next episode ninety seven, season sixteen, episode two. Let us pray. Lettuce, like in a salad. Yes. No. <laughs> Let us pray. <laughs> If it was Let Us Pray, P-R-E-Y, it would be a very different show. Yes. <laughs> it's the one with the evil fresco. Oh, yes. Like the archaeology, underground, water. It's not archaeology, but yeah. Well, yeah, urban, underground exploration. 
So episode 100 of the show is The Killings in Copenhagen. Mm -hmm. And they do all these references to all the other shows. Yes. So we have to do a special episode of that. Yes. But then it's also our 100th episode. Yes. So we're going to have to do something, our greatest hits too. Yes. So... So tune in for that. It's a few episodes away, but it's going to be a fun one. It'll be a great one. All right. I think that's it for this week. It is. Bye. I'm sending you psycho messages. Okay. I'm a strong receiver. I've got my ping pong balls on. You got it? I'm a strong receiver. What do you think I'm saying? Star. No. No. Bye, maniacs. Yes. Good job. Bye, maniacs. Midsummer Maniacs, a comedy recap podcast dedicated to the ITZ, uh, dedicated to the ITV series. We're not dedicated. We're committed in more ways than in one. In more ways than one. To that show. Committed to the Midsummer. Oh.